Amen. How great he is. You may be seated. I know some of you can't sit down because you're so excited. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to give God praise. The Bible says, how great is our God and greatly to be praised. Amen. You can't give him enough praise. You just have to give it all you have and then some, and God comes in and inhabits the praises of his people. Isn't that good news? Amen. Well, today we're going to have our scripture reading from Hilda Mendoza. She's been coming with her family, with her sister Maria, her mother Margarita, her husband uh, Ricardo, and her son Lucas. So come and read for us, sister. Good morning, everybody. How great is our God? <laughs> Good morning, saints. If you have your Bible today and you would like to follow the scripture reading, it is found in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And the word of God says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man, he came to Jesus one night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Amen. Jesus answered and he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. May God bless you with this scripture, and may he continue to bless you with his word. Amen. Great job, Hilda. Hilda said her mother taught her a lot when she was growing up, and just like we as parents have to teach our kids a lot about the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So let's pray as we get ready to open up the Word of God. Father, I just thank you that you're here today by your Spirit, encouraging and enlightening us to know what things you have for us. We praise you and thank you, Lord, for your anointing. We invite your Holy Spirit to be a part of this service, and we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said, amen, amen and amen. Well, praise God. we got a full house now. Glad that everybody could make it. <laughs> so... We're looking at this where Nicodemus came to, Jesus, came to Jesus at night. So his name was Nicodemus. He came at night, so we call him Nick at night. Because what he was trying to do, he was trying to let, not let the Pharisees know that he was wanting to be a Christian or wanted to know more about Jesus. Are you hiding yourself and not letting people know that you're a Christian? Do, do you hide when it's time to say grace? Do you just bow your head and say it real low? Or do you just say, Lord, I just thank you for this food. I give you glory and honor. Thank you for those that have brought it, those that have prepared it. We just rejoice in you, Lord, in, in, in the whole uh, cafeteria or whole restaurant. Just let everybody know, I'm giving glory unto God. Amen? amen? We have to be bold about that kind of stuff. Amen? So Nicodemus was wondering, how do you do these miracles? Because we know that you, no one can do these miracles unless they're sent from God. Now, the interesting thing is he said, teacher. He didn't call him uh, son of God. He didn't call him the Messiah. He just thought he was a teacher. And so he asked him, how do you do these miracles? And Jesus said to him, unless you're born again, you won't even be able to see 
or understand or perceive what's happening. You will be on the outside looking in. Amen? So the way you get into the things of God, the way you're able to see and know and understand the things of God is when you're born of the Spirit. Isn't that good? You, you, you can't do it. If you're, if you're watching a show and you're seeing people getting healed and you're watching, you go, I wonder how that works. Well, you have to have a knowledge of the Lord and what he wants to do with his people. Amen? So it's not a physical see the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual see the kingdom of God. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? Because I, I wonder why Jesus didn't say, unless you be born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God or be a partaker. He said you won't be able to see it. You won't be able to perceive or understand what the Lord wants to do in your life. And we have to get an understanding what the Lord wants to do in our life. That's what we're going to talk about today, faith in God's direction for your life. Did you know that God has a plan for you? Yes. We're going to look at that in Psalms 139. So uh, in, in uh, the next scripture, John 5, 19. He says, then Jesus answered and said to them, here's another part. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So my question was, what does Jesus have, like a big telescope? He says, I only do those things I see my father do. No, it was by the eye of the spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals to us things that we're supposed to do and, and, and how we're supposed to enact things. So let's look at this. It says uh, in, in John 16, 13, he, the spirit of truth, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. Don't you want to know about things that are to come? Your job, your marriage, your everyday activities. Lord, tell me what I'm supposed to do. I remember the movie Back to Future. You remember that movie? Where a guy went into the future, he found a book that told all of the sports uh, scores, and then he came back to the present day, and he was able to bet and know exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to get that book? We have a book in heaven that talks about everything that we're supposed to be doing. And the angels are supposed to encourage us and bring us along those lines. I know I caused my angels fits because I was going in the wrong direction and they had to bring me back to where I'm supposed to be. So you don't, this, it's not a, like a, you don't have to be a spiritual giant to know what God wants you to do. It's already inside of you. God has deposited it on the inside of you. And all you have to do is ask him what is on the inside. And I remember when I was in sixth grade and the uh, teacher said, you know, uh, We've heard it said that in, even when you're young, God puts things in you that you want to accomplish. So she said, write it down what you want to be or do in life. It doesn't have to be specific. It can be general. So I said, oh, I want to be uh, working for a Fortune 500 company, a big company. I want to have a retirement, and I want to be secure in my finances. Well, I did work for a Fortune 500 company. I do have a retirement, and I'm pretty secure now in what I'm doing, thank God, even though I tried to get off track quite a bit. But uh, he did. Then I also said, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Oh, why not? Okay. I've been playing baseball all my life, and here I am as a young boy. See, I, I was young at one time. <laughs> I was telling Cecilia, I kind of look like Matteo, her son. I think all Italian boys look the same when they're younger, you know. <laughs> they, just, they just have that look. 
but I never actually became a professional. I became a semi-pro. I played in junior college. But I did know some friends that I played with in high school that made it to the major leagues. And I also have a friend that was in the major leagues. And you can see him picture right now. We, go, we used to go to the ballpark, and we used to sit in the dugout. I never got a chance to bat. But I was up there, and I just felt like, okay, I, I'm able to partake. Not, wasn't, my dream wasn't fulfilled in that because I had other dreams. Praise God. Now, I also wanted to be a sport, uh, sports car driver. Amen? Do I have a picture of that? Yeah, I want it. This was my heart. I just thought it'd be nice to go in and out of traffic and just move and like do all kinds of crazy things. And I never made it, but my wife says, you kind of drive like a sports car, you know, fanatic. And, and I, she, 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 now I do, I do some crazy things, not that bad, but I do do some crazy things. And my wife would say to me, are you trying to kill us? Don't you want to live? I go, yeah, but, you know, I'm just making some good moves here, and, you know, just hang with me on this. So <laughs> I never did make that. But, uh, uh, but I, I want to tell you a story, and it was on my heart. I've told some people this during the week, and I thought it might minister to you. When you're young, even now, you have things in your heart that God wants to do in your life. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on what he's called you to do. Just keep pursuing. I have a story, a rags-to-riches story of Steve Harvey. We know Steve Harvey. He's on TV, Family Feud, and all those other things. Now, I don't agree with his philosophy of life, but there are some things that we can draw from his life story. And what happened was when he was in sixth grade, the teacher told him the same thing, write down what you want to be. And he said he wanted to be on TV. Well, the handicap was he had a severe stuttering problem. He couldn't, he couldn't get a whole sentence out. When he went to, the teacher said, well, come up here and tell us what you want to be. And, and he would get up there and he said, well, I, 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 I want to be, be, be on, 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 on t, t, TV. And they began to what? Laugh at him, ridicule him. The teacher said, you think you're going to be on TV? You can't even get that out of your mouth. And so... He never gave up on his dream. At, tw at 27, he was uh, living in his car for over two years. He couldn't make it to the TV where he wanted to be. He, he was going to get ready to call his dad and say, Dad, I'm coming home. It's not worth it. He used to, uh, you know, shower in the public restrooms, you know, in the sink. He used to, you know, bathe himself. And so he said, Dad, it's just not working. But before he left... He checked his answering machine, and on the answering machine, they said, hey, uh, we got a gig for you at Apollo, uh, you know, the Apollo show. Can you come down on Friday? And he said, of course. So he went there. He was successful, and then he's been on TV ever since. And so what he does, did, what he does and did is <laughs> every year... He sends a TV to his sixth grade teacher said, you, wanna, you said I couldn't be on TV? Well, you can watch me now every day on TV. He, see, I don't recommend that kind of, you know, getting back at people. But the principle is he overcame his handicap. Amen? The way he overcame it is when he went to the candy store, the guy behind the counter said, I'll give you a candy for free if you can say it without, you know, stuttering. He told him just Think about it for three times, the sentence that you want to say, and then you can say it out of your mouth. And so he did. He thought about it for three times, and then he said, I'd like to have some candy. And the guy said, okay, here you go. He overcame it, praise God. He found a way to overcome it. Now, I was studying some people that also were 
stutterers that were famous people, like Elvis Presley, can you believe that, uh, Marilyn Monroe. And then they said that Winston Churchill had a lisp, and so he tried to correct it, but he couldn't correct it because something in his, his uh, throat or his mouth. And so what he did is he had to avoid those kinds of words when he was speaking. So in his memoirs, he said, I, I overcame my handicap because I didn't let my handicap overcome me. Amen? That's what, so you might say, I don't have all the talent or the ability that I need or I'm supposed to have. Believe that God, what God has put in your heart, it'll come to pass. Amen? I remember when I was in college, junior college, and I always got in the honors class. I don't know, they took an aptitude test. I always got in the honors class, but, you know, my grades didn't look like honors. And, and so the teacher said to me, he, she said, you're, you're never even going to finish college. You're just not smart enough to finish college. I go, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so, because, because next to all my brilliant brainiac friends, you know, I, I look like low man on the totem pole. I mean, they didn't even study, they, and they got A's. I don't know how they do it. And they would do reports, 15-page reports in one day. I go, well, how do you do that? Well, now I realize they're like they're, uh, uh, teachers at New York, New York University. They're very successful. But in that class, I didn't look like I was going to make it. But I, I graduated. I, I, I not only graduated, I got a master's as well. I couldn't let what people said about me influence me or affect me. And then even when I was in Christianity, even when I was at the church, our first church, the pastor said, you'll never be a pastor. And my wife said, does that offend you? I go, no, no, he don't know what he's talking about. And so <laughs> two years later, he ordained me to be a pastor. He said, the Lord spoke to my heart and said to ordain you. Amen? So I'm still preaching and he's not. And <laughs> sometimes you just have to be faithful to the call that God has given you. Praise God. So whatever God has called you to do. Now look at, look at this again in, in uh, John 16, 13. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Now who's speaking? The Holy Spirit. Who's he speaking to? You. Amen. So all you have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit, get in that still uh, place and let God speak to you. Now, it's not always a thunderous voice. It's not always, thus saith the Lord, you know, Joe, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. No, it's like there's three types of voices. There is that audible voice, which I've heard one time. I didn't like it because he was correcting me. He said, oh, boy of little faith. And I went like, what are you talking about? Well, I didn't have faith to overcome the sin that was in my life. So he said that to me. I heard that one time. So most times, when you hear the audible voice, it's correction. It's like, what are you doing and how much time do you think you have? That's what he told my, my second pastor when he was in the Navy. What are you doing and how much time do you think you have? So he was correcting him. Then there's that inward voice that you, you hear on the inside of you, guiding and directing you. And it's not like your words, but you can hear it. You go like, well, where did that came from? I remember one time... We were at a men's breakfast. We're having a men's breakfast come on, come up. And the Lord spoke to me as I was praying. He said, I want, I want to hear my men praise me. I want to hear it. I said, okay, Lord, no problem. So we got to the breakfast, and everybody's more interested in eating. And so they're eating, having a good time, laughing, giggling. And I told the pastor, I said, I, I, the Lord spoke to me and said he wants us to have a praise and worship series or part. 
And he said, well, we don't have our lead, lead uh, singer. We don't have our second string singer. All we have is our third string singer. I go, that'll work. So I went up to him and I go, brother, uh, the Lord wants you to sing. He goes, okay, but I'm not really prepared. I go, just whatever. Just do, do whatever you know. So he gets up there and he did the cardinal sin. He gets up and says, well, you know, I'm not really ready for this uh, uh, time of praise and worship. I, I'm not really prepared, so I'm just going to do what, the, you know, what I have. On That's not the way you do it. Because <laughs> everybody's going like, well, this is leftovers. Like, this is like, <laughs> why are we even praising the Lord? But as soon as he opened his mouth to praise the Lord, the Holy Spirit came and just saturated the men. And all of a sudden, everybody dropped their forks and their spoons, and they began to praise the Lord. They didn't care about their food because God wanted to hear his men praise him. Amen? So I heard that in my spirit, and I just relayed what I heard. The Holy Spirit, who is the great communicator, will speak to you and guide and direct you in the place that you're supposed to go. Amen? So just to ask, how many of you have heard that, that voice in your, in, your, in your spirit? I see a, a lot of hands. Amen? So it's good to continue to listen for that voice. Listen to God direct you. And then the third way is just... A knowing, just a sensing, oh, I think I should help somebody do this. I, I, I think the Lord wants me to do this. I, I, at, at Bible study, we were talking about Margaret had a, a friend, a neighbor, who was removed from her house. She's like, what, 94 or something like that? And she had to leave her house. I think one of her family members died. And so Margaret uh, took her in. Margaret said, you could stay. If we have a spare bedroom. You could stay at our house. How many people would do that? Amen? Now, the Lord didn't speak to her, didn't say, Margaret, what you need to do is help those that are needy. No, she just felt it in her heart. That's what she should do. We got to have a lot of those feelings in our heart. Amen? So uh, I'm going to show you how Jesus, there's also visions that you can have and dreams. Let, let me show you in uh, slide 60, 65 where Jesus was ministering. How many of you know Jesus was led by the Spirit? Amen. He didn't do just whatever he, he wanted to do. He said, I can do nothing unless the Holy Spirit guides me, unless my Father tells me. Praise God. So here it is. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? <laughs> I feel like Jesus like, can't you guys do anything? I mean, you can't even find a room to prepare the feast. What, what? There's 12 of you guys. Can't you get together and you know, figure it out? No, he couldn't. And he said to them, listen to this, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover and my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. Now, do you notice something in this? There's no specifics. There's no go to Cornelius' house. He lives on such and such a street. He has a, a, a the address is 912, you know, Cali Carrillo. <laughs> no, he said, just go. There's a man 
carrying a pitcher. What did Jesus? He saw the vision. He saw the man carrying the pitcher. He didn't know the guy's name. He didn't know where he was going. He said, just follow him. He will uh, go into a house. I don't know where the house is, but say to the master, the teacher wants a room, and there will be a large furnished upper room. Jesus saw it. He said, I, I, he had been praying early in the morning, and he knew what it was supposed to be, what it was supposed to happen. Jesus was wanting his disciples to know. They weren't praying. They just wake up, okay, Jesus, let's go. Where are we going today? <laughs> we can't do that. We have to wake up and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? How, how do you want me to carry on my life? What, 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 what do you have in store for me today? Amen. And when we listen to him, he'll guide and direct us. Praise God. Now, so God wants us to know what's happening ahead of time. He doesn't want us to be caught by surprise. Don't you know that, that God wants to know your future? He foretells things ahead of time. He foretold of his son coming to earth. He spoke of kings that would rise up. Let's look at Psalms 139 and see what it says there. It talks about it here. It says, I praise you, in verse 14, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Your eyes saw my unformed body in the womb, and all the days ordained for me were written in a book before one of them came to be. What does that mean? Evangeline, what does that mean? That means that there's a book about you in heaven, that your whole life has been put down in script, things that you're supposed to do. So we shouldn't be saying like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Ask the Lord. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you where you're supposed to be. Amen? One of the dreams I had is I wanted to be a priest. I wanted to, you know, uh, be in the ministry. Well, I didn't know that as things went on, when I became a Christian, I wanted, as soon as I read the Bible, I said, I want to teach people about this. This is so exciting. I, I got to tell the world about how great God is and how, what wonderful truths are in the Word of God. It was in me. I was excited, and I had to pay the price. How many of you know sometimes you have to pay the price? I had to serve other men of God that were preaching, and I would watch them and listen to them and, and be servant to them. And then finally I got my opportunity to come and minister the Word of God. Praise the Lord. And, and you never know who's going to be uh, helping you because they didn't think that I could do this. They didn't think I could preach, and so uh, I, I wasn't able to preach. But one day I was doing a funeral, and I was ministering, and I was preaching the word, hallelujah. And one of the ladies that had the pastor's ear was on the front row, and she told the pastor, you need to have this guy preach. He, he can really, he can bring it, pastor. You need to have him, you know, speak the word of God. So, so that's when I started. But now this lady, she, she gave me heartache all the time. Mary Ann knows her. I mean, she'd come up to me, and she'd go, well, pastor, what? Why didn't you do this? Or why did, did you think about doing that? And, and she would just wear on me, you know. But hallelujah, thank God, I had the love of God on the inside of me. And I just took it and listened. I go, well, uh, maybe we could do it that way next time. Well, let's try it this way. And, and we just worked together. Now, if I would have been all upset at her and, and gone off the handle, guess what? She would have never received me when I was ministering. So that was the key the, to, keep, uh, to, to, to launch me out into preaching. So you never know. You've got to be nice to everybody, don't you? <laughs> so in Genesis 17, 5, 
God knows what you're supposed to do ahead of time. He told Abraham, Abraham was the father of faith. He told him, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you, past tense, the father of many nations. Before it even happened, he said, I, I already see it in the spirit realm. I've already ordained it. You are going to be a father of many nations. Now, Abraham, he had to, you know, get faith to believe that. And let's look at this next slide. It says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now which dead, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Three things here. Let's look at the last slide. You have to consider not, stagger not, and become fully persuaded. You cannot consider your own talents or your abilities. You're not good enough. You're not handsome enough. You don't speak well enough. You don't have enough brains. You can't, you can't consider your own self and stagger not at the promise of God. What God has called you to do, you can't say, I can't do it. You can't say that's impossible. You have to keep believing that God will do what he said he was going to do in your life. He's stuck with you, amen? He already wrote it in the book. He's got to make it come to pass, and he's got to work with you, amen? That's, that's what I told him. I said, Lord, uh, you're stuck with me. I'm here. You know, you put me in this place. I got to preach your word. I got to believe that the people are going to receive it, and they'll grow, and they'll do things in their uh, lives that are, uh, are edifying to you. I, I, I like Bindi. She always comes back with a testimony. She says, man, I tell you, I'm doing this love uh, thing, and, and Pastor, it's really working good. She said she went to McDonald's, and the guy was messing up her order. How many of you know that happens? More frequently now than ever. <laughs> and so when she got to the drive-thru, <laughs> the guy said, I'm sorry, we're out of this. And, and, I, and I made a mistake with that. She said, oh, honey, just give, me, just give me whatever you got. I'll eat it. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So the manager was hearing all this and said, you're so sweet and you're so nice and so loving. You can have it all for free. You, you, you don't even have to pay for it. What she didn't know is the week before, somebody gave that guy a hard time. And so he was feeling down about himself. So when Bindi came and said, oh, man, you're just doing great, the manager felt good. The, guy, the employee felt good. And so she got a free, free uh, breakfast. Then she goes to the post office, and it was five minutes before closing, and she had to pay four something, four ninety something for uh, postage, and she didn't have her money, didn't have her wallet. So she said, "Oh, I'll come back tomorrow." A guy behind her said, "Oh, you don't have to come back. Time is money. I'll just give you the five dollars, and you can use it." Wow. And she said, "Praise God, Amen. This love thing is working out good. Praise God." So I, I'm encouraged. That, and one, one wife said, you know, I'm, I've been using that love scripture. I've been holding my tongue, holding my temper. And, and, and my, my husband and I, we haven't argued for over a whole week. I go, well, praise God. That's, that's a, a whole week. <laughs> just, just start with a day, okay? Start one day. <laughs> String them together, you know. Because it's easy to be in love when everything is going right, isn't it? But when something goes wrong, what? Oh, no, what would you do? How would you do that? Why are you messing this up? But we have to hold our peace in the name 
of Jesus. Praise God. So I want to encourage you today. God has a plan for your life. I used to think, how can he have a plan for me? You know, when people used to come and witness to you, you say, We've got a, God has a plan for your life. And I would say, if you knew what I was planning this weekend, you would know that that's not, God's not in any of those plans. But God has a plan for each and every one of us. And if you're not happy with where you're at, God has a better plan for you. God has a plan that you may not have discovered. And you have to find out what he is doing. I'm looking at my son on the front row, and he had a course and a plan to do certain things, and God was working in his behalf all along, even though it didn't feel like it. He had to go to St. Louis one time to work two years at the uh, court system, and he was saying, Dad, I don't like it here. <laughs> I don't have any friends here. It's just I'm just all alone. And I said, just finish out your two years. You'll see. God will do something great in your life. He came back to Los Angeles, to California, and he got a job with an uh, insurance company that had a lot of their dealings that went through the court system where he was in St. Louis because they were stationed out in, was it Michigan? Minnesota. Minnesota. And so uh, who would have ever thought that? Sometimes, you know, you're, you're fighting, trying to get through, trying to believe God. Just don't give up. God has a plan for you. Amen? So let's pray that God would reveal to you the things that he wants you to do, knowing that he has a plan he has a purpose. He has a situation that he wants you to go through to know that he loves you and cares for you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those that are here, that, Lord, you will reveal and open up to them the things that you want them to do, that you'll give them the strength and the courage to not consider their own talents. Stagger not at your promise, but become fully persuaded that what you have promised will surely come to pass. We thank you, Lord God, that you're ministering to your people right now, even as I speak. I give you praise and glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Just hold it right now for a second and just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. You're saying, it seems like I'm at a dead-end job. seems like nothing's going to go good for me. Don't give up hope. Don't say that it's not going to come to pass. God is able. He is a great God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's coming more and more. Just open up your hearts. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Father. So if you say, you know, I, I really don't know the Lord. I haven't accepted him in my life. He's not been Lord of my life. You can do that right now by just making a confession of faith and just say, Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Guide and direct me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Or if you said, you know, I, I was following the Lord for a while, but now I've kind of felt fallen away. Seems like I'm doing my own thing. Just ask him, Lord, bring me back. Bring me back to your plan, to your will, so that I can know the way that you have for me. And we ask you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.